Welcome to the first ever DFS podcast here on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. I'm Derek Tate alongside Kyle Sapi. You may recognize him. You can find him over at Twitter, Kyle Sapi PFN. He is a fantasy football and betting analyst here at Pro Football Network. This, my friend, is the prologue, the pilot episode, whatever you want to call it, but we're going to be talking DFS all season long, and this is the very first episode. So, Kyle Sapi, how happy are you? How happy are you to be talking a little DFS heading into the 2023 NFL season? I'm thrilled, man. It's not because I'm not a professional DFS player, and I don't want to, you know, expel as much and tell people that we are. But you know what DFS means? It means we have actual stuff coming. Like they had DFS in the preseason, and that is what it is. But the pricing's all the same. Every player costs the same. You can build whatever you want. Now we get into takes. Now it's my ranks against those of the DFS sites. It's me against you. It's where can I find leverage and turn it into a couple bucks at a time here. We're used to talking season-long leagues where, you know, you you pay in September, you get paid back in January. Like, that's fine. It's not gathering interest or anything, and you get paid eventually. But here we get the chance for our micro-player takes to result in actual dollar bills the night of the games. It's awesome. I love DFS. It's fluid is the way that I would call it, right? So those season-long rankings feel like we're kind of locked in. We have our guys. We talk about that. And speaking of which, if you have not yet done so, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click the like button on this video and make sure you click the little bell to get the ding, ding, ding every time we drop a new video here on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. We're going to be dropping content all season long heading into the 2023 NFL season. But yeah, Kyle, there's not. it's nice to be able to call you Kyle and not get two (laughs) responses. Uh, Right. So the fact that, you know, the great Kyle Yates, we we oftentimes have a trio when we're talking a little fantasy football. It's just going to be you and I doing this DFS specific podcast on a weekly basis. You can find us. We're going to be recording on Thursday mornings all season long. So this is going to be a fluid thing every single week, and we're going to be talking about it all season long. But go ahead and subscribe, rate and review our podcast as well, wherever you digest your podcast. We really appreciate all the following, the love and support uh, as we continue to pump out content all season long. So tip number one is always when it comes to whether you're playing a season long league or in DFS, Know your format, oh, yeah. scoring, whether it's PPR, whether it's half-point PPR. I don't really see many DFS sites doing standard, but know if it's a standard league. There's bonuses, too, that you can get into where your players, you know, if they go over 100 yards rushing, receiving, throw for over 300 yards passing, knowing those bonuses can really help you target specific players and know the games on the slate. Uh, those are kind of the, the basic tips and tricks, but if you want to go ahead and expand on that, you are my friend the consensus betting expert on this podcast of the two of us. So please tell us all about everything you need to know when you're entering a DFS contest. Yeah. I mean, knowing your format, you know that and the scoring is one thing. The type of league you're playing in is another, the games on the slate, like you mentioned, but just, you need to take a step back. We always, we get so absorbed in this summer of hot takes of these season long rankings. You need to distance yourself from those as you look to build out your team, again, for your specific format, Derek mentioned PPR, half PPR, those make a big difference. Like we're talking a lot of these contests feature tens of thousands of people, and we'll get into game selection in a bit here, but every little bit matters, every little detail. Your opponents are willing to grind to the edges to find an edge, whether it's scoring, whether it's bonuses. Like the difference between 99 yards and 101 
could be almost three and a half points. Like that makes a big difference. So you have to get your projections. You have to get everything buttoned up and you don't see a lot of that in the first month. A lot of the first month, a lot of people, oh, DFS, I'm going to try this. Like I haven't seen a podcast. I haven't seen anything. I see all these people talking about it. So that's when you get some soft games. Pricing has been out for a month and a half. Like they didn't know who was going to get hurt. They didn't know Jeff Wilson was going to go on IR right before we started the show. They didn't know what was going to happen. So you get a chance to really sharpen your edge here in the first month, make some money and bankroll and free roll the rest of the season. But knowing your format is the first step. If you don't know what you're playing or what the objective of your, what skill sets play, you're, you're starting behind the eight ball before you even build a roster. So you hit a word there that I wanted to use as a segue into our next kind of tips and tricks. The word bankroll, bankroll management, contest selection, knowing your goals for every contest that you enter. It's, it's almost like gambling responsibly, Mm -hmm. knowing exactly and having a plan as far as exactly what contests you want to participate in is huge. So kind of the standard is like 80, 20 cash games for, for tournaments. You can kind of alleviate on that here in a second. Like what's the difference between a straight up cash game and then kind of the casual, like focus on games with like limited, limited entry counts, right? So there's obviously those big weekly contests that whether it be FanDuel or DraftKings, they have those big tournaments on a weekly basis, right? that you're one of hundreds of thousands of entries. And then there's other contests that have only, you know, what, 10 entries, 20 Mm -hmm. entries, head to head. Can you kind of walk us through kind of the differences and approaches that you generally take when deciding on which contest to play? Yeah. I mean, you, you, we all seen those commercials. They come up 17 times during a game with a guy holding a big old check. And it's like, I'm retiring. I'm buying grandma a house, mom, a car, girlfriend, a ring. And they take care of all that. And sure, those opportunities are out there if you get lucky in a lottery. Like that's what the millionaire maker and all that stuff is. Play it if you want. Just understand that you're going in with a losing expectancy. Like it's just a matter of fact. Unless you're rolling out 150, even then, you're not going to make money doing that. Is it fun? Yes. Could you maybe run into something? Maybe. It's not likely. But so when we're talking 80-20, that's 80% in cash games, 20% in tournaments. That's of what you allot to spend for that week. Let's say it's 100 bucks. That means you're putting $80 invested in cash games. A cash game is a head-to-head, is a 50-50. It's something where over 40% of the the field gets paid out. So you don't have to be a one-of-one. You don't have to run in to the absolute perfect lineup to make money, to double your money, to get 90% of your money back in that's where you want the bulk of your action to come. The 20% for tournaments is for fun. Like that, you're not going in with the expectancy to beat 10,000 people, finish first, and take home a six-figure paycheck. Could it happen? Sure. Like maybe it happens. It's just not likely. And you can't, you don't want a 50-50 pay split here. You can't spend half your money there, half your money in cash games, because then you'd have to win every single cash game, which... I'm okay at this. I'm sure you're okay with it. We don't win every week. Like, it's just a matter. You have to know that there's losses coming. But if the losses come at a 50-50 clip, and you're going to lose a lot more in tournaments than you're going to win. Let's just call it what it is. And so you need to be able to offset those losses with some cash game victory. So I like to go 80, 20, 80% of my bankroll in cash games. I even sometimes go higher, up to 85%. I'll... I'll venture off into the tournaments a little bit more now when the games are less sharp, there's less information. I feel like my edge is stronger because I've been studying football for a month and a half and most people 
our accountants or they work at a bank or something and they don't get paid to do this. So I feel like our edge is a little sharper now than it will be in the coming weeks. But that that's where I would go. The majority of your dollars need to be spent in those 50-50s, those double ups or those limited entries. Even if you want to chase a big prize, make sure that it's not your one lineup against 150 of somebody else's. If it's yours in a three entry, like even if you're going against a pro, it's only that pro's best three lineups. That can only put them at such an advantage over you. So that's generally how I approach bankroll management throughout the season. Yeah. Although it's enticing, right? You there so are much. weekly winners that win, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, in these major, huge contests, and the ticket isn't that much to to get a seat no. in the contest. The problem is, while you may be a it may be an educated lottery ticket that you're investing in, sure. it's still <laughs> a lottery ticket. It, it, those those big tournaments are tough to win. So yeah, taking that approach certainly makes a lot of sense to me who is not rolling in the dough and I don't have a way or a bankroll to be able to supply hundreds of lineups to be able to, you know, invest in a bunch of different big money contests. Now, tip number three, we are moving on to lineup construction and we are going to spend a lot of time trying to give you the tips, tricks, strategies, as far as roster construction goes all season long, but in general, we've kind of drilled down some of the weekly specifics every single Thursday. Stacks bring back big dividends in a lot of cases. Randomness on defense and special teams. Certainly, you can always pick the option that ha is playing against the worst offense in the league, sure. whether you think it's going to be the Houston Texans or whoever, whichever offense you think is going to struggle, you can certainly pick that option, but there's other ways to navigate that as well. And then, of course, first glance, one player that you think is really valuable heading into week one and kind of the uniqueness of week one. I always, you just kind of, kind of mentioned it is that you've been studying this, you get paid to do this for a living. Mm -hmm. So you feel like you have an advantage in week one. So kind of walk me through some of the lineup construction, you know, tips and tricks without diving too deep into our week one episode, which we will be dropping next week. Yeah. Next Thursday, come back. We'll get you all the week one hot takes you need. We, I already got a lineup. I made my first lineup this morning. Loving it. Probably going to be terrible, but it doesn't matter. I got to make it. I got those juices flowing and I loved it. But as far as you're talking with general, we're talking macro strategies here. What can you do from a large standpoint? You're like a bird's eye view. And my first rule is to not get locked into any rule. Every slate is different. There's going to be weather situations. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be developing stars. There's going to be regressing, you know, busts like we have more information with every single week of the season and that's why you can't make these hard and fast rules that i'm gonna i'm gonna have a double stack every single week because sometimes that week just doesn't play out this first week patrick mahomes and kelsey that's a great stack they're not on the main slate you can't use them so every week is gonna be a little bit different so like you said at the beginning be fluid be ready to change at the drop of a dime here but what you said stacks is important it should hold to reason, but if it doesn't, you need your receivers to have a big day. And if your receivers are going to have a big day, their quarterback probably is. For me in week one, I think the Chargers have a big week against the Dolphins. So I'm going to be putting my favorite Charger receiver or two with Justin Herbert in at least some of my lineups. That way I'm getting double points for when Justin Herbert finds Mike Williams in the back of the end zone. I get points for the catch. I get points for the yards from Williams. I get points for the yards from Herbert. Touchdowns for both of them. You can see where it adds up in a hurry. And the more people you stack together, there's risk and reward. If I do Williams, Keenan Allen, and Herbert, if it's William, if it's Herbert to Williams, Allen doesn't get anything. 
but I do soak up all of the Charger usage. So if they score 50 points or something like that, I'm going to get a lot of it, and Keenan Allen's going to pay off in a big way, and Mike Williams is going to pay off in a big way, things like that. I also like to bring it back with a player in that situation. If the Chargers are going to hang a 50-piece on the Dolphins, odds are good the Dolphins are going to at least provide some resistance and fight back on the offensive end. So then sign me up for some Tyreek Hill. I generally build my stack is the first thing I do. Like if that one I just mentioned is going to be an expensive stack, but now that tells me I have to save up and find some cheap running backs, which you can do in week one specifically because this pricing came out forever ago. Again, injuries happen. They've happened now. Cuts have been happened. There's players out there that are going to get 10 to 12 touches that are going to cost less this week than they ever will during the season. So make sure you're leveraging that sort of thing. And again, defense it's a part of fantasy for whatever reason season long league still have it dfs still has it it's random understand that the pricing is going to order these units in a way that some are expensive and some aren't i almost never pay up and i'm almost never going chalk to be frank we don't know what these defenses are going to do you could have the butt fumble like the defense didn't do anything right there mark sanchez just fumbled and the other team got it. like there's nothing the defense can really do it's a position so driven by touchdowns and big plays and spike plays and things that don't happen a ton. Do I have preferences for picking a defense? Sure. I want them to be facing a quarterback that drops back a lot because dropbacks are where fantasy points occur. I got, if you can limit the other team to two yards to carry, that's great. That's great for the defense. That doesn't help me in fantasy. I don't get points per two-yard rush. Like So there's, there's certain avenues to go that way. But I'm just not getting sucked in. I'm not going the chalk unit on defense. I'm not just facing the Houston Texans every week because that's going to be popular. And the popular defenses don't always pay out because it's basically a random number generator. So that's where I'm going there. Stacks and just, you know, throw a dart when it comes to defense. Do some research and have your, your opinions on it, but don't, don't be tied to any one thing. Well, one thing that I really have always liked, and you can kind of tell me if I'm crazy, I actually like looking at the Vegas over-unders. Sure. Like, wh where does Vegas think there's going to be a lot of points scored in a specific game? And that can, that can have so many different factors that are weighing into that overall over-under. But generally, if you get a game that is, you know, the over-under is set in the 50s, that means there's probably going to be a lot of scoring that's taking sure. place, which means trying to find your favorite stack from that one is one mm -hmm. way to kind of begin to Agreed. build out your roster on a weekly basis. So there's no one right way to go about it. Weather plays a factor. I always kind of like to give a different acronym, Daily Fantasy Sports, DFS. Well, then there's also, I like to say data because we get new data on a weekly basis that we can kind of sink our teeth into and help us analyze and build out a roster. Film, I'm a big film junkie. So I like to actually take a look at why certain stat lines took place. Is there a weakness in a defense that is going to consistently show up on film that I can take advantage of on a weekly basis? And then status, the injury status. You oh, yeah. have to monitor how much you know participation an injured player is logging during practice because there's times where guys have a hamstring injury they don't practice until they go all the way to the walkthrough on like friday or saturday and then t higgins plays one snap you know re-injures his hamstring mm -hmm. and is out after one snap so there's going to be some risk involved with you know 
putting players in your lineup that aren't participating very much in practice. So those are things that I take a look at. Sapi has his way about going about it. We're going to go ahead and deep dive into this all season long. I'm really excited about it. But then, of course, the fourth and final tip, remember that this is a weekly game, and this is kind of what we're talking about, those leftover thoughts, whether you can take advantage of recency bias in these contests. Differences from season-long, value matchups, trends, situation, and then also having no real fear of injury if they are healthy entering the week as opposed to what I just mentioned as far as them not participating in practice or limited practices throughout the week. You know, weather can play a factor. And then, of course, using betting data to help with spreads props. I guess we kind of touched on it just organically. When I was taking a look, I don't really have a script right now. I'm kind of flying off the off the handle here with Soppy. But those are all things that weigh heavily into constructing a roster that you feel comfortable could make you some money on a weekly basis. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're in the information gathering business. Like there's just, there's different ways to do it. Whether you want to watch your film or I want to use my spreadsheets or whatever it is, there's different ways to the same end goal. And we're all trying to create a great lineup here. Don't be tied to previous thoughts. Like I, I don't think Jacoby Myers has a big week one. He's not going to be in my DFS spots. Like I like him for the season, but I don't like his week one spot. So as long as you're willing to distance yourself from your own takes and not be too proud, like every week is its own puzzle. What happened last week doesn't mean it's going to happen next week. And it doesn't mean it's going to happen this week. So be careful. And remember it, it is weekly. So the values of these players are going to change and your exposure might change. You might feel great about one slate and want to put a hundred bucks on it in a week. You might feel awful and just not want to play it. That's okay. You don't have that option in season long where it's like, yeah, Week four kind of sucks. Like my team is banged up and we're struggling, but you know, I, I got to run out there. I'm playing Derek in the season long league and he's not going to let me off the hook in DFS. You can let yourself off the hook. If you don't have a feel, a good feel for a certain slate, take it off, double up the next time, go hard when you feel good about it. But just remember that you are not obligated to play judge every week is its own thing. Go, go about your process, whatever that process may be, be consistent with the process. And once it's flushed out, like trust your process. If what you're doing is directionally correct, you're going to be fine. Just trust yourself. Trust us every Thursday afternoon here on the PFN channel. And we'll, we'll have a fun season together. This will be a good time. Trusting your process, you should make this podcast a part of that process That's on right. a weekly basis. Every Thursday, obviously, you're going to have the Thursday night game. And then we're going to have all the Sunday slate, the Monday night slate. There is in, in those different contests. There, there are a ton of them. So we're going to be able to deep dive into all those. I, I 1000% agree with you about be, being able to be objective with whatever your stance is on a player yeah. that has to be fluid. And you have to be honest with yourself rather than continuing to beat the same drum sinking. You know, I think that it's really applicable when you're talking about spending bad money after already terrible money spent and invested, right? Just because you invest heavily in a player in a season long format does not mean that you have to continue to double and Whoa. triple down. Like you're just, you know, if, if you're going to go down dying on a hill, then you're taking a lot of risk with just being stubborn with yourself. Just try to be honest, trust your process and be willing to change your opinion on players. As we get more data that Agreed. suggests that, maybe we were wrong about a player and that's going to happen because we are the fantasy meteorologists of the world where things are constantly changing and moving when we're reacting and analyzing. Yeah. Maybe I, mean, I, maybe, I don't know if I worded that correctly. Sophie, no, you're but right. I, 
You're 100% right. And even if you're big on, let's let's take it to the very tippy top of the mountain. Even if you're big on Justin Jefferson for season long, you think he's going to have a great year because he is. He's Justin Jefferson. That doesn't mean he's going to have 17 great weeks. Like, you're allowed to be out on him. He had some bad weeks last year. Everybody does. It's football. That's what this is. And the prices reflect as much. So you're going to have to pay up for elite production. So it's not just as simple as saying, I think this guy's going to have a good week. Taken the price into consideration. There's a lot of avenues. We're here to walk you through it. We do this for a living, not necessarily DFS, but we are here as football, as fantasy football analysts to walk you through our thought process, put you on the right scent and let you be on your way. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I said your title fantasy football and betting analyst. I'm just a fantasy football analyst, but we're talking about a lot of the same things oh, yeah. and we're going to be deep diving into these every single Thursday. So go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you are tuning in on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go ahead and hit the like button so we can pay homage to Lord Algorithm. And that bumps us up as we've seen a lot of growth and a lot of exciting um, viewership as we've head into the 2023 NFL season. And of course, click that little bell so you get the ding, ding, ding every single time that we drop a new video. Yes, sir. We got a lot going on, and this was a fun pilot episode. Soppy, any finishing thoughts before we sign off? No, come back Thursday. I got hot takes already. We've got a cheap stack at quarterback to, to build something. If you're looking for that lottery ticket, and then we got some cash game advice too. It's going to be a big week one. I'm really looking forward to it. That's what we call in the biz That's a little tease, tease for That's next tease. week. So <laughs> I'm Derek Tate. You can find me at Derek Tate NFL on Twitter. You can find Kyle Soppy at Kyle Soppy PFN on Twitter. For Kyle Sapi, I'm Derek Tate. Until next time, later, says the Tater. <laughs>